Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the NASCAR DFS Strategy Show right here at Awesomeo.com. I am Jason Ford. As always, I am joined by Race Sheets Phil. Man, Phil, as always, uh, great to be here on a Saturday afternoon talking a little NASCAR with you. you got the Cookout Southern 500 coming up uh, tomorrow uh, early evening, man. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, as always, I kind of like to start the show off by talking about, you know, some of the, the various questions I, I kind of come up with after I uh, I look at your your articles you have over there at Osmo.com. And, uh, you know, you talked about this being the third race of the, of the season at Darlington where you said, quote, however, using those two races from mid-May may not be good for NASCAR DFS process where you noted lap differences and also temperature differences. Right. I mean, everything that could be different about this race – versus what we had back in back in may i mean it's it's on the table the uh number of laps are different we had uh two shorter races especially the the wednesday night race in may that uh sucker ran barely over 200 laps because of rain tomorrow night we're running 367 laps so i mean this will be one of the longer races that we've had in, in quite some time talking about uh temperature changes in early to mid may in in a uh, in south carolina versus versus now you had the first race which was the return to racing which was held in the very middle middle of the day versus this race which is going to start at dusk and finish under uh, finish under moonlight so i mean if if you're trying to take a direct apple to apple correlation between those two races and what we're going to see tomorrow night it's probably not best for your for your process. Um, you know, I, I admitted in the in the article that the, the the biggest thing that we're that we're that we're gauging these drivers by is you know their performance in those two races. Which I mean, it what we have is a race that we only go to a track that we only go to typically one one time a year. So any other any extra data that we can get. We'll, we'll, we'll gladly take, but trying to gauge those two races as per expectations of what we're going to have tomorrow night, it, it may end up leading you astray. Uh, in terms of roster construction, which is something that uh, you, you also talked about in your article this week, and particularly of you know whether you're going to roster two dominators or, as you mentioned, you probably need to look at, at rostering three dominators, particularly when you're talking about tournaments as opposed to a cash game. Yeah, because we're going to the higher end of laps, we're we're back to 367. You know that just it, it increases the the number of dominator points, especially for DraftKings, and thus increases your need and probability of having uh, multiple multiple dominators. Um, if we go to the laps led page on the, on the race sheets and we look at how this has how this is broken down. Um, and last year's Southern 500, we had four drivers lead 10% or more of the race. And that was the first time that we've had that. And then you go the year before that, we had just a single driver lead 10% or more of the race. But you go before that in seven, 2017, 2016, 2015, it was always three drivers or three dominators in, in those cases. So 
I'm saying we're looking back to those races as the more likelier outcomes for for tomorrow night's race. So in cash, at the bare minimum, you're looking at a at a two dominator build. But for tournaments, you're probably gonna need uh, gonna need three. The 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 wrench in this game of dodgeball is what you do with Eric Jones. Yeah, I will tell you, I was running some uh, crunches a little earlier. It was interesting. We'll kind of talk about, uh, I guess we can talk about here in terms of, you know, drivers you may prefer on one platform as opposed to another platform. And, uh, you know, one of those drivers that really stuck out to me just from a salary aspect was the difference between DraftKings prices on Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and how FanDuel priced him, which when I ran my fan my crunch on it, Stenhouse came up a ton. I think it was 73% in a 150, 150 driver lineup as opposed to on, on – I think DraftKings maybe came up 13 14% of the time. So kind of as you saw the line on Ricky here, particularly on – I guess in both platforms, what was your initial take? It, it's it's stark you know you and i were, were chatting before we went live and i and you know i admitted that this is probably the biggest discrepancy in salaries between DraftKings and FanDuel that i've seen outside of outside of a a, a plate race or maybe the daytona road course race going back to what DraftKings did with with brendan gone um at fifty five hundred for ricky stenhouse on on FanDuel, you're getting him where he probably should be based on you know how inconsistent he's been, the equipment that he's in, his um, his history here at Darlington, which really isn't isn't that great. In the last five races here at Darlington, he's got an average finish of twenty seven point eight. So, it makes no sense. Why would DraftKings give him such a high salary at ninety two hundred? And the only answer I can come up with is they are majorly pricing in his place differential. And that's a really tough sell when you've got Eric Jones, who's just $400 more expensive and has no finish worse than eight in all five of his career starts here. Yeah, it it was just that was really the only as I kind of looked up and down the price points, you know, throughout through all four tiers that way we push it out. That was the only one that really jumped out to me. I, I thought pretty much for the most part. The pricing was pretty pretty much the same on both. I mean, there was a case here or there where maybe they were a little more expensive on, on one as opposed to the other. But w- was there anybody else's salaries that, that stuck out to you? The, the one that did stick out to me is what FanDuel is doing. And, you know, I, I guess you could kind of put, put this one aside is that for the last few weeks, FanDuel has, has refused to lower Eric Elmerol's price. They are keeping him consistently at that $10,000 range while DraftKings kind of plays with him uh, depending on where, where he's at. So, I mean, you've got a $2,000 discrepancy there between those two sites, but the one that I wrote about in my DraftKings FanDuel pick article as a DraftKings specific play was Matty D starting 11th. He's 9,400 on FanDuel, which almost, it makes him nearly unplayable, but at $7,400 on DraftKings, it makes him really enticing as a, potential uh tournament play is he in the uh, best friends column this week for you he's gonna find his way into some lineups that is that is for sure yeah that's uh you know we, we always kind of joke about here of, of who's going to get in that, that best friends category for phil uh, in terms of, of the race here but uh, of course uh you know as we mentioned about we like to break these downs uh, in terms of tiers tiers one we, based on the DraftKings pricing of 11,000 and 10,000 drivers, and of course, so on and so on. So uh, let's look at tier one. So we look at tier one. We've got five drivers in this one. I, I made sure to write down drivers on my sheet, not fighters. So I don't, I don't say a fighter, even though sometimes we know drivers can become fighters. We just, we, you know, we know that can happen. But uh, we got five in this category. Denny Hamlin uh, starting second. Kevin Harvick in the eighth spot. Chase Elliott, who's on the pole, Ryan Blaney it's starting seventh, and Kyle Busch starting at 15. Let me start with Kyle Busch. Because of where he is starting at, Do you does he rank a little higher than maybe some of the other ones because of potential uh, point differential? Yeah, Kyle, you're you're getting him at at a at a basically a, a discount. Because I mean, when you look at this track history. Over these last few these last few races, he finished second in the the Wednesday night race, and 
you know, partly was that was because he wrecked the guy in front of him who was who was leading. 26th in the in the uh, the, the first race, and that was before we ever knew that Kyle Busch needed needed practice in order to actually be a good driver. Third, seventh, and second in the three previous Southern 500s. Kyle's got great track history here. He leads laps. He gets to the he gets to the front. He's always a, a contender to to potentially win the win the race. So now you've got him the cheapest in this in this tier. He's got place differential starting starting 15th. And the thing that we have been waiting for, and especially all you Kyle Busch fans out there, is if Kyle can just have some track time or some practice time, then look out because he's gonna he's gonna do do well. And I mean that has it's basically been that story when you know bad luck or he doesn't get in his own way so what do we have here we have two races worth of data that's going into those uh, into those uh those those practice notes for for hit for kyle bush and his, and his crew chief so you're giving kyle nearly 500 miles worth of information going into going into this race if it's ever going to happen for for Kyle this year, this is going to this, this should be the race because he should have so much previous knowledge to bank with how well he's he's done here at at Darlington in the past. It, I mean, it should be wheels up for for Kyle. The only problem is is that starting that starting position. If you look at the at the lap sled data in the in the race sheets. Typically, our dominators they don't come from any position worse than worse than sixth. It is tough to it is tough to pass here. It is tough to to get up front, and with 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 the other playoff drivers basically all starting in front of them, especially the ones that we're you know projecting to lead the most laps. Yeah, Kyle can get to the front, but the real question is be, is going to be whether he can beat Hamlin, Elliott. Truex, Harvick, beat those guys and actually get to the lead. By the way, I appreciate uh, Pete Rogers Jr. checking in on the chat. We always kind of, you know, me and Pete always joke about NASCAR. How, uh, you know, he said he hasn't decided who to roster yet. He says, but uh, whoever I do decide to roster, make sure you full fade those guys because we always kind of joke with me and Pete joke about uh, how it's a good chance if someone wrecks early. That driver is likely somewhere in one of Pete's lineups. So that, that's always, of course. By, by the way, if you have a question, in the, you, know, you can leave that right now in the YouTube chat. We will get to all of your questions throughout the show. If we, uh, you know, don't get to your sh- your question when you answer it, when you ask it, we'll get it towards the end of the show. Also, you can hit up those questions over on our premium Slack channel as well. Of course, uh, you, if you want to get uh, all of our player proje- driver projections, ownership projections, everything we got NASCAR related, you got to sign up for an Osmo Plus NASCAR weekly pass for nine ninety five. There's never been a better time to get in on the action, so you got to take advantage of those tools. I will tell you that's uh, that's you know I base my lines based on the conversation me and Phil have here. Pretty much after we get done with this show, I'm like, okay, I know how Phil thinks. Let me, let me go into fantasy cruncher. Let's kind of and that's how I put my lines together. You know, it's it's, it's a way to do it here. So you got to sign up for that uh, weekly pass right now for nine ninety five. Uh, you know, Ryan Blaney was a guy that you were we talked a little bit about last week. Uh, do you like him better here than you did last week? I I do and. We always have one of these one of these drivers every week where if you look at his track history, it, it it should totally scare you off. And Blaney is that Blaney is that guy. His last five finishes here at Darlington, 21st, 16th, 13th, 15th, 31st. So I mean we're talking about career career best in not career best, but best finish within the last five races, the last three years of 13th. No laps led, only averaging 3.8 uh, fast fastest laps his average running position is is 19.4 so i mean it's not like he's running into issues late in the late in the race and um, you know those are those are skewing his finishes i mean so he's just kind of middling the whole the whole event you know running running around 20th however you know this the, those those blaney finishes I don't think the representative of what we've seen from from Ryan Ryan this year, you know, in, in years previous when it came to these afternoon into evening races, I was a full fade on on Blaney. There was something screwy about about those races that he he just never did well. Well, he's kind of he's kind of fixed that 
this year he's doing better. We know that in this 550 horsepower package, the, the 12 team always has, has plenty of uh, speed. And perhaps, you know, the, because I think because the consensus is going to be so high on Hamlin, Truex, Harvick, and probably Keselowski, that Blaney is going to be the going to be the odd man out. And especially when you look at him at 10,300, it's going to be so much easier to say, well, crap, give me Kyle Busch's place differential, or I'll just play the, the, the pole sitter in Chase Elliott. Perhaps you can get Blaney at lower ownership as people just kind of forget. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. About him or just choose not to play him because of what he's done here at Darlington. Looking at our ownership projections right now, 3.2%. Yeah, that's, that's, that's bananas. And that, that shows you just how little you have to get either to match the field or to, or to double up on the field. To give you an idea, at 4.5% ownership is Quinn Hoff. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, so I look at that. When I, because no matter what sport I'm talking about, in terms of whether you know this, this situation, NASCAR, I'm doing an MMA show, I'm doing an NBA show, an MLB show, I'm like, okay, who are the high salary options out there that people are not taking advantage of. Mm -hmm. And when I see 3.2%, I'm like, okay, I got to have him with some lineups because if he does have a great performance, he's going to be optimal at that rate, most likely. Right. And um, something to to throw in here is, you know, people don't, people may not consider it uh, a sound part of NASCAR DFS, but the tire packages that, that Goodyear runs, I mean, certain guys do better in, in them than others. And the last time that we ran this tire package was at Homestead, and that was a race that Blaney finished third in. So if you're looking for something positive upon this, because, you know, even what Blaney did with this tire package in the two previous Darlington races, you know, they weren't that they weren't that fantastic. But if you look at Homestead, which was supposed to be a day race, but because of rain, it turned into a night race. Well, then you can look at Homestead and say, well, crap, you know, the last night race, that ran this tire package just like the Southern 500. Blaney came home in third. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something you got to look at. Uh, you know, Chase Elliott, I know you wrote a lot about him this week because of being at the pole. I mean, this is something, and you talk about it every time since we've been doing the show, and you've said to me, it's like, you know, hey, if you're in that pole sitter, having that clean air, you, you have to look at that when you're, lo- when you're looking to roster multiple dominators. Yeah, yeah. The last time that we saw Chase on the on the pole was following his win at the Daytona Road Course, and he started on the pole at Dover, and he sailed off to the to the lead, but it only lasted for I believe thirty laps because then the competition caution came out, and Austin Dillon decided let's let's go with with uh, with with two tires, and Austin Dillon ended up sailing off with the with the lead and leading you know 40 something laps but the the other thing for for elliot he didn't beat hamlin out of out of out of the pits when they when they basically did the same thing hamlin beat him out started started second and then it was it was hamlin's show from 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 then on so you know i have some i have some pause about elliot as the as the pole sitter you know Elliot's shown plenty of times that when he has the the speed that we see in practice to back up a a, a a number one starting position that he can be an outright dominator. But I mean, we're sitting in the we're sitting in the dark right now because we don't have any any practice. So, does Chase have a have a car to back up that that spot and be an outright dominator? We can assume so, but you know something something wonky could happen lose the lead because of a competition caution and never get back out front. 
Uh, you know, the other two uh, drivers to mention in this tier uh, is Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin. Kevin Harvick, uh, second highest salary on DraftKings, highest salary on FanDuel at $14,200, $10,900 on DK. And then Denny Hamlin, the most expensive on DK, 11400 And he is 13500 number two on FanDuel. Yeah, Hamlin, Hamlin is the guy that I want. Like, he's, he's just been so so good in the in the southern five southern 500 he he loves darlington he's racing in the xfinity race today because he just wants another he wants another darlington win um this tire package he finished fifth in the day race finished first in that wednesday night race and then you fast forward to homestead and he won that race leading the uh, leading the most laps Hamlin is the is the layup this weekend it's what you do after Hamlin that is kind of the tough thing to figure out and because of how good Harvick's been and, you know, Harvick won that, that Sunday day race and he's got finishes a third, first, fourth, fourth, ninth. Yeah, he's been really consistent him, him, himself here at Darlington. But there is one question that I have with Harvick. Harvick has shown in these evening slash afternoon into night races, he hasn't been nearly as nearly as strong. It's like whatever in race setup changes that him and Childers need to need to make, they're they're not nailing them, especially to the extent that uh, Chris Gabehart and Denny Denny Hamlin are. So, you know, could could Harvick be a a potential lap leader? Well, yeah, I mean he's he's been that good, and you know, we've seen in plenty of these races when Harvick and Hamlin have race notes to come back to for, for a following race, you know, it's either one of them that's going to be the winner. They, they come back and they, and they dominate. So you've got that in Harvick's back pocket. But the thing that I do, I do wonder about is what we've seen in these, these afternoon into evening races, what's happened with, with Harvick and his, you know, ineptitude to lead laps. I wonder if that follows him here Sunday night. Moving on to tier number two, uh, drivers that are in this one. We got Joey Logano, Eric Jones, Martin Truex Jr., Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Kurt Busch, Brad Kozlowski, Austin Dillon, Jimmy Johnson, Eric Amarola, and Clint Boyer. So I just said, okay, I know I'm going over tier two. Let me just look at my my dummy just fancy crunches. No, didn't put any input into them. Let me, I go, let me just see what fancy cruncher brings out for me. So Eric Jones – 93% DraftKings and 87% on FanDuel. And, th- and these are crunches of 150 lineups. Ooh. So you see that, obviously. Now, look, you, you know, you, obviously, once you kind of start working the, the fancy cruncher system, you can kind of, you know, who you like, who you don't like, that type thing. So but I just like when I do these shows, like, let me just do a dummy crunch. Let me see what pops up. When you uh, and you briefly mentioned Eric Jones a little bit earlier, uh, is he this guy in the tier that you believe a everyone's looking at? And you know what? If you're looking to be contrarian, maybe maybe you do fade him a little bit. Yeah, for, for sure. Because I mean, the say this week and week in and week out, the most bankable asset in NASCAR DFS will always be place differential. And out of all of these these guys starting 20th or worse that has the true capability to bring home a top five finish. It's Eric Jones and he's got tons of tons of place differential. Now on both sides, you're paying for that, for that place differential, but because of where he starts, yeah, he's just that much more capable of reaching that, that five X or that six X or even better than, than, than a lot of the, than a lot of these guys. Cause you, you look in this range, you go above Jones to Logano he starts 13. The only way Logano is going to beat Eric Jones is with with Dominator points. And right now, I can't project any Dominator points for, for Eric Jones. You go to go to Truex. This is where I think a lot of people are going to have a have a tough time. They're probably going to go Chase Hamlin or Hamlin uh, Hamlin Harvick, and then it's going to be do I side with a third Dominator like Truex or maybe all the way down to Keselowski, who's underpriced at 8,800. Or do I play Jones, who I know is safer because of that place differential, but I don't really feel like he's, you know, he might get some fastest laps on his way to uh, to the front, but there is, there's no way I can safely project him to actually 
actually lead laps. Um, if you're playing cash, you are absolutely playing with fire if you don't go a two dominator build plus Eric Jones. That is that is going to be the, the the chalk around the around the industry. And even if you don't like Eric Jones, you may still have to play him in cash just to just to 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 play the block. Because if if Jones ends up with the top five top five finish and you don't play him in cash, you're done. I mean, you will you will be absolutely done. You're just kind of hoping that the two dominators that the other people played, you know, end up crashing or didn't end up getting any dominator points at all. So um, if you're looking to play it safe, you go with Eric Jones. If you're looking for a little higher upside, then you're looking at another one of these guys as a third potential dominator. Of course, this is a NASCAR DFS strategy show right here on awesomeo.com. Of course, uh, do us a huge favor. Hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube. It does help us out a lot. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button and also that notification bell so you know a new show is live. Of course, I'll have uh, MMA live before lock. We've got an NFL show today at 3.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Time. MMA uh, live before lock show starts at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And then at 6 o'clock, we uh, we've got ML, uh, MLB live before lock. Also, we've got... Uh, NBA Live for Lock uh, as well. So a ton of shows uh, today here at awesomeo.com. Of course, as I mentioned, be sure to smash that like button there. Um, you know, looking at uh, the ownership of Martin Truex Jr., for instance, he we've got him as the fourth highest owned currently on DraftKings. Uh, but over on FanDuel, he's eighth. Yeah, and, you know, I, I hadn't really looked, looked at that until you brought that up, but, I mean, a three thousand dollar discrepancy for a for a potential uh, potential winner on, on the sites that is that is pretty big and you know you can you can easily get Truex in lineups under ninety five hundred but with Truex being north of north of twelve thousand and what is he is he, yeah, he's the the fourth highest priced driver on on Fanduel this mm-hmm. week that's you know that's really going to probably keep people off uh keep people off of him yeah so uh yeah that that is something to uh pay attention to here uh Joey Logano I don't think we you've mentioned him yet starting 13th 9800 on DK 112 on FanDuel yeah he's he's a guy I mean like if you are doing one one 150 lineups he's a guy that you have like a handful of shares of just in case something breaks breaks his way but you look at his his previous uh, Darlington finishes, and he's got a second place back in 2018. But everything else, it's a sixth, 18th, 14th, 18th. And he, you know, he really hasn't been that strong here. And the correlation that I used next to the Darlington races was the uh, the the high the high banked ovals this year. So we're talking about we're talking about Darlington, we're talking about Homestead, and we're talking about Dover. Even though they use different packages, I I. I combine those five races together and Joey's average finish. There is 13th, three top, three top tens, 7.4 laps led, uh, 7.4 fastest laps, 12.2, uh, average laps led. So, I mean, he's getting there, but in the end, his finishes aren't, aren't anything that you're, that you're really desiring. So he's not a guy that I'm going out of my way to, to make sure that he's in lineups. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, some other ones, obviously we talked a little bit about Brad Kowalski a, a little bit. Um, you know, Austin Dillon at, at 12, Jimmy Johnson, 22, Clint Boyer at 9. You know, you mentioned, you know, a little while ago about you, you really it's about being in that top six starting position in terms of dominators. But uh, as you look at kind of the, the lower end of this tier two, um, you know, who, who sticks out to you with who you believe has the best shot to, of delivering the best score? I like Eric. Because he's because he's he's cheaper. He starts tenth, which is going to be a weird place for people to 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 go after, especially with Jimmy Johnson offering twelve more uh, positions to gain on on the track for a hundred dollars more. Uh, you look at Austin, what uh, Eric, what he did in this tire package. You've got seventh and twelfth at Darlington, and then if you go to Homestead, fifth. So I mean, we're, we're not talking about a, a, a potential winner here, but at 8,300, you really don't need that from from Eric. You can probably squeeze out a a fifth to tenth place finish for him and end up um, making value. 
By the way, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who we talked a little about a little bit on his price on FanDuel, thirty six percent ownership. Woo! Uh, I, I think I we might find some better pivots when we get down the get down the board. We, we just might find some better pivots. Yeah, I know James asked about a value driver. We'll get to that later on uh, in, in the show. In terms of answering your question, also someone asked about best pump play. We'll get into that. Uh, as well, but moving on to uh, tier three, we've got two drivers who are starting in the top four. That being Alex Bowman and William Byron. Byron in the three slot, Bowman in the four slot. Um, I would have to imagine that uh, you know when you're when you're saying telling me, look, you got to have three dominators in a GPP. These got to be two guys you consider, right? Bowman for sure. Bowman ran really well in in uh, in both of the the previous Darlington races. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. These cooler, when the, when the temperatures get cooler, that's when we start considering uh, considering Bowman again. In fact, the last time that Bowman led a lap was dating back all the way to uh, to late May with the, uh, the Charlotte doubleheader. So throughout the summer, the temperatures increased and Bowman's nowhere to be found near the lead outside of the outside of the plate races. So we give Bowman consideration. He saves you a lot of salary at just 7,900. 7, uh, Byron's a guy that I, I really I really don't trust. It seems like he has nowhere to go but backwards. Perhaps he can, you know, because how hard it is to pass at Darlington, perhaps, you know, he'll just lose a couple of initial positions because of who's behind him. And then he can kind of hold on to a, hold on to a 10th place finish, which, you know, it makes him mildly interesting, but for the salary, I'd rather go down $400 on DraftKings and just play Matt Benedetto, who has that 11th place, that 11th starting position. So he has more room to go forward. And I can, you know, I can kind of safely project a top, a top 10 finish out of him should, you know, everything break in his, in his favor tonight. So I just decided just let me just pull up. Let me create three drivers. Let me just see what kind of salary it leaves me left over with. So putting Alex Bowman in there, I said, okay, let me put Blaney in there at 10-3 just because of what we mentioned about what we currently have for ownership. And I go, let me throw Chase Elliott in there as a pole sitter. Uh, that leaves me with an average uh, remaining per, per driver of 7000 Yeah, and the, the beauty of that build is – it gives you balance and you don't have to mess around with the, with the pump plates. You know, inevitably you're probably going to find yourself with at least one, maybe two punts, uh, punts for tomorrow night's race. But I think the rule is always that if you can stay away from these, you know, these lower tier guys, you, you, you try to, and that kind of build definitely keeps you out of that range. Yeah, it, it's when now we look at you mentioned about Matt there at 11 spot, um, you know, uh, Tyler Reddick, who I want to say he was on DraftKings. Yeah, DraftKings. Uh, yeah, DraftKings. 54% ownership. I know it's not me changing these, uh, cha- changing the, uh, the, the, the feeling of, of the industry about, about Tyler Reddick, but I mean, He's in such a good spot for, for DraftKings. You've got him at 7,000. He's done so well in, in these three races with this, with, this, with this package. 13th, 7th, and then at Homestead, I believe it was a finish of 4th. These high-banked ovals, they really fit the, the type of driving style that Reddick wants. Like if I come over here, yeah. Reddick's average finish in the five high-banked ovals, yeah, a mile or greater, 11th. 14.2 fastest laps, too. So, I mean... 
you really can't project Reddick to lead laps, but in the process of him moving forward, he's definitely going to knock down some past the fastest laps. I mean, I, I put up the, uh, the the Ron Paul uh, Rand Paul meme in the uh, in the in the DraftKings and FanDuel article. I mean, it is happening. It is time to play Tyler Reddick. It's time to go 100. percent Slam your slam your fist on the desk and enjoy every bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in the Tyler Reddick fan club before, so we, we, we've definitely heard you there. You know, the other guy in this range that was getting ownership, and it was on the FanDuel side of the things, I believe. Uh, let me, was it, was it FanDuel? No, it was, in, it was in one of my crunches, that's what it was. Was Matt Kenseth. Matt, Matt's going to be a somewhat popular play this week just because of where where he starts and really when you look at the where the rest of the guys around him they start themselves that's going to be kind of the de facto play you've got christopher bell at 6900 starting 21st bubba wallace starting 17 at 6700 then you go below kenseth it's michael mcdowell starting 19th john hunter nemechek starting 18th and then ty dillon starting 25th so i mean if you find yourself in this area, you're you're going to pick the guy with the with the safest floor, and that is Matt Kenseth. Um, if you look at his momentum, what he's done it is it, it's nothing to write write home about. But in those two Darlington races, thirtieth in the in the the night race, and then but tenth in that in that day race. So. Uh, there, there isn't much ceiling to Matt Kenseth at, at this point and the 42 team, but really where he is, he's probably the, the safest floor that you can, that you can get out of all of those drivers that I, that I listed. Uh, Dan asked about Ryan Newman in this price range. He started in a 31st spot. So obviously there's a, definitely uh, his ability to get some points there in the in differential rate, uh, 7,200 on DK, 7,500 on FanDuel. Newman, Newman's like young Matt Kenseth right now. You know what what this uh, six team is doing. It's it's not really fan, it's not really fantastic. Um, let's see here. Yeah, thirty sixth at Daytona, which hurt a lot. But then 24th, 19th, 19th, 13th, 28th, 21st, 28th. So I mean, you're you're getting okay. You're getting okay results, but. It's really not that, really not that great. Uh, you look at what he did in the return to racing at Dar- at Darlington, 14th and 15th. You know, Darlington's a track that he's he's done pretty well at over over his career. The the one determining factor for Newman is how far he starts back. So he starts 31st. He's got a good salary on on both sides. He's a guy that I would comfortably play in cash, but in tournaments, just I, I can't go there. Uh, Ty Dillon at twenty five. He's at six thousand on DK, forty five hundred on Fanduel. Yeah, there you go. If you are at fifty five hundred or or below, and you need a final pick, play Ty Dillon. Save the money. Don't care that you've got a thousand dollars left over. Play Ty Dillon instead of playing Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yeah. Ty's finishes here in the last five races at at Darlington. His worst finish is twenty first. Yeah, he he is. Staying on the lead lap, he may eventually lose it towards towards the end. But I mean, he's giving you a 18th, 19th, 20th place finish for you know for for his troubles. So you know, if you need that, in, if you need that in cash, and you're down around six thousand, he makes a he makes a great play. And if you know, I, I think Ryan Priest is going to be a whole lot more popular in in cash or or tournaments because he starts thirty starts thirty fourth. So perhaps if you're left with a 1v1 in tournaments, the option is, you know, playing the ownership game and going Dylan instead of Priest. You know, someone had asked about uh, best value play, and I guess we can also kind of tie this into best pump play as well as we look at Ty Dillon. And as we kind of work our way for the options that are under 6K, is Ty Dillon Ryan, and Ryan Pierce kind of, would you label those two as your best value slash best pump play of the week? Yeah, I'm. Um, Priest, unfortunately, probably probably is like Priest is closing out the season hor- horribly, but you know he's he's been on the bad end of a lot of a lot of misfortune. Um, 
you look at his last three finishes here at Darlington, you throw out the Wednesday night race because that was a bad engine and that, that could happen to anybody. But before that finishes a 20, 20th and 22nd. So you kind of give Priest this idea, okay, he's probably a 20th to 24th place driver. So that makes him, you know, that makes him a, a, a good pick for, for cash. Uh, maybe even a, a good pick for, for tournament if he's going to truly pick up 14, 14 positions. The guy that I'm looking at as your your uh, your galaxy brain tournament pivot is going down to Chris Busher starting 20th at, at 5,700, a guy that I think a lot of people are just going to say, no, if he starts way too far forward, I'm just going just gonna to bypass him. Uh, average finish of 19th. Average running position of, of, of 19th. But the, the thing that I like about Busher is that he's starting up, starting far enough forward that he shouldn't be th- a threat to get lapped or to, you know, lose laps late, later on in the race. Your, your hope is with Busher that he just kind of hangs on to the tail end of that lead lap and outscores the rest of these guys in this price range because of finishing position. By the way, if you do have any questions, uh, be sure to hit those up right here in the YouTube chat. Also, on the premium Slack account as well, we will get to those before we get out of here. Uh, you know, there's obviously, you got, uh, what, seven-ish, six, seven-ish five, uh, drivers who are 3000 and below. The minimum salary on FanDuel, you know, for someone who's like, you know what, maybe I put one of those drivers in my lineup to be able to get some other drivers I want. Does any of them stick out to you? Uh, not just one. I got three. Oh wow! And th- th- this is this is one of those rare occasions where if, if you're saying I've got one lineup and I've got three thousand dollars, which one of these guys? I'm just going to say make a deposit and add two more lineups because you're going to play all three of these guys. You're going to swap them out for each of the each of these lineups because you know that it may end end up in your in your best uh, your best favor. I can make the case for Joey Gase. Starts 38th. He only has one more pos- one position to, to lose. You look at his finishes in those two Darlington races back in the spring, 29th and 30th. If Gase can replicate that again, that's great. JJ Yaley finished 20 uh, yeah, finished uh, 28th in the in the in the day race back in the spring. Billicky ended up driving that car in the night race, and I believe Billicky brought that sucker home 27. So, if Yaley can bring in the that that car that Yaley's in this weekend, it's it's been the fastest punt, punt car kind of all all year. So, if you're just hoping that he's the he's the one that stays towards the stays towards the, the front most often of all of these guys, then he's probably your bet. And heck, you can even look at Reed Reed Sorensen. In that in that day race, finished 29th. Last year's uh, Southern 500, he finished 30th. These are all guys that I think you, you could conceivably see them picking up seven, eight positions, maybe even more, if this becomes like a weird attrition race. So mm-hmm. those are all guys that that I can definitely make a case for. Whether you know, absolutely pun, punning on on Fanduel, or you need a 5500 or cheaper guy on draft. Of course, you know it is Labor Day weekend, which you know means the NFL season is right around the corner. And sign up today for an Osmo Plus NFL monthly pass for 25% off when you use the promo code SLEEPER at checkout. This gives you access to all of Osmo's leading player projections, ownership projections, premium content, and more for NFL DFS. This limited type offer is available through September the 9th. It'll get you a month of Osmo Plus NFL and the draft kit, an $80 value for only $38. Sign up now by clicking the Osmo Plus tab on the Osmo.com homepage. Uh, my first draft is uh, coming up on Monday. I got, I got to take advantage of this draft kit, man. I, uh, you know, I know everything about Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know everything about the NFC South. Sometimes I don't necessarily know everything about you know the rest of the league. So that that's where, uh, especially that, that draft wing man, I think is going to come into uh, come into a factor for me as I'm I'm trying to build my lineup. Yeah, you you, you, sure. you, sit, you sit there and ask me about like some Tennessee Titan player. What's his name's Adam Humphreys? That's probably about the only one I'm going to tell you about. <laughs> the guy that used to play for the Bucks. Oh man, I, I, I'll tell you what that that kid. You throw anything around him, he catches it. You know. He just, yeah, I mean, he's just one of those, he's a slot receiver, man. And, and he can, you know, I would tell you from the Bucks, Scotty Miller. I think that's uh, Scotty Miller and Justin Watson. Those are two guys you got to look out 
for because uh, obviously uh, the books have got a pretty uh, pretty loaded offense this year. <laughs> so, but yeah, I've, I've got my first draft on Monday, so looking forward to that. So, by the way, if you do have a question about this NASCAR slate, leave that in Slack or on YouTube. Uh, Pete says he goes, "Who are we not talking about that's going overlooked?" Woo! The the easy answer was that is who you brought up, Ryan Blaney. That that ownership, his track history, you know, what what he's what he's capable of versus what he's what he's done. Those are two different trajectories. You know, we kind of talked about Brad Keselowski, but you know, that's a that's a guy that should definitely be in your player pool for a a second or a third uh, dominator option. He's been really good at at Darlington. You know, he he started on the pole. Ended up leading the the second most laps before he ended up fading to yeah thirteenth. Uh, you you fast forward to that Wednesday night race. He finished he finished fourth. Go back two years ago, he won that Southern Five Hundred. You know, he's done he's done pretty well here. Um, you you look at other day into into night races. He ran really well at Kansas. Let me highlight him here. Tenth at, tenth at Homestead. Uh, you look at both of the the Charlotte the Charlotte races. He won the Coke 600, which was a day into night race, and then the following Charlotte race, which is a day into night race, he finished seventh. So I think Keselowski's a a guy, and I mean, he's so cheap on on DraftKings. It doesn't make sense why he's 8800. That's a guy that should be in your player pool. Here here's what I'm looking at that kind of has me shaking my head a little bit. Looking at ownership on Alex Bowman and William Byron on DraftKings, the two lowest owned. People. It, I'm trying, trying to say this, trying to say this gracefully. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that 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 we that we make is we've we've got these guys that are that are priced down like like a bowman and we assume that that price is reflective of, of of the driver that that they are and you know quite frankly bowman's down down in, in this in this range because that's kind of the the range that he's been hanging out in but if you remember when we first started racing back at back at darlington bowman was nearly a ten thousand dollar driver he was coming you know off of the win at auto club he was a guy that we were heavily targeting in that that first uh, race at at Darlington, impounding the the desk for for people to to play him, and you know he ended up leading I believe sixty something laps in that in that race. I mean, that is that is such an easy ownership play right there, and a guy that you 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 know get ten percent of them and he can make a difference for you. Yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, honestly, that, that ownership really, you know, shocked me. I mean, um, Bubba Wallace in the same situation. I know, um, you know, he's 6700 on DK, so obviously, you know, very affordable salary there. You know, and Matt, uh, Matty D, we talked about him as well. He's also got some low ownership as well. I mean, there's some there's some drivers here in the low ownership category that I look at and say, man, if these number ownership stays kind of where it's at, man, I'm – I kind of know where my my core bill may come from, right? And you know, if you're if you're not going to find pivots with the dominators, then the next thing that you have to find pivots with are these guys that are starting a little far forward. Then people want to play like in this range. People are going to play uh, in the Bubba Wallace range. That is, they're going to play Newman. They're going to play Reddick. They're going to play Matt Kenseth. They're going to stay away from from Bubba Wallace and Michael McDowell because they, in their minds they start too far forward and they don't have enough of a of a ceiling because they don't have access to place differential. When you totally forget that if your Newman, your Reddick, your Kenseth gets lapped, then they lose all of that place differential upside that they have. While these guys are going to outscore them simply because of finishing position. Yeah, it, it's something you got to pay attention to. Uh, by the way, uh, coming up here uh, later today. Here on Osmo.com, we have got the uh, NFL show starting at the NFL DFS Analyst Show, 3.30, Lothley. 
going to be with Alex and Steve. Then at 4.30, myself and Pete will be on for MMA Live Before Lock. Then at 5.30, we will have NBA Live Before Lock with Emac and Adam. And then uh, at 6.05, MLB Live Before Lock with Emac and Terry. So be sure to check out all those shows, of course. Be sure to smash that, uh, that thumbs up button right here on YouTube if you do have any questions that you you do want to ask uh, be sure to fire those in here before we get out of here on this edition of the dfs strategy show um cash games in, in terms of dominators so are you saying it's, it's two dominators yeah i i think go on the go on the safe side with with two and then you're you're gonna have to add in eric, eric jones because of ownership and because of place differential upside so now what people do with those two dominators, I think that Hamlin's going to be the, the, the hands down choice for most people, but I think it's going to be a real toss up between Harvick, Elliott, maybe Kyle Busch because of that place differential or Martin Truex Jr. I think those are going to be kind of the, the four main guys that people pair with Hamlin and, uh, and Eric Jones. And then what you do with the, with the, with the final three positions. I mean, even if you go Hamlin, Harvick Jones, you will, you're not, you're not going to necessarily force yourself mm -hmm. into a punt play, but even if you, even if you do, if you, if you need to play Gase, Gailey or Sorensen, do it. I mean, there, there are, there are so many, there are so many laps and these guys start so far, so, so far back that they give you access to, to those drivers that you're wanting to get in there. And what you need from these guys to make make value, they are fully capable of doing this weekend. Uh, McDowell starting in a nineteenth position. What's your take on him? McDowell's kind of in that same boat that that Bubba is. You just hope that he hangs around, that he stays on the on the lead lap. You know, I, he might move forward a couple of positions by the end of the by the end of the event, but he's just got a guy that you're hoping stays there, doesn't doesn't get lapped. And the the two previous Darlington races, 17th and 23rd. So yeah, he's kind of maxed out starting wise where he should where he should finish. But you know, he's he's I think he's capable of of hanging on to that lead lap and, and not losing it throughout the, uh, the the tenure of the night. I think you briefly touched on Cole Custer a little earlier. Um, you know, he's in the 14th spot, 76 on, on DK, 7,200 on FanDuel. Cole is a, he's a bit of a, a bit of an odd duck. He, he's a guy that you could easily consider for, for tournaments because of his starting position and can he hold that position? But you, you look at what he's done at Darlington, those those previous two races, 31st and 22nd. So I mean, not that fantastic, not that fantastic. You look at what he's done in the 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 five high banked oval races, average finish of 19th. So you know, it kind of feels like Cole could could fall back and maybe be a threat to 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 get lapped. But yeah, I gotta think that at at that salary a lot of other people are considering that same thing and that you're probably going to get him at a, at a really low number. What, what do we have Custer versus Matty D uh, pegged at on DraftKings ownership wise? Uh, let's see here. Cole Custer and Matty D Cole, Cole, we've got it 6%. Uh, Matty D is under one. Yeah. No, I mean, look, uh, look. These ownership numbers are going to change a lot. I mean, it, it's Saturday. It's early Saturday afternoon, so these are going to change a lot. So, but that's where they kind of stand right now. If if six times the field is going to play Cole Custer over over Matty D, either I'm going to have a horrible day tomorrow, or I'm I'm going to have a fantastic Sunday night when I finally wake up. <laughs> um, we haven't talked much about Superdraft at all. I know you got an article up at, at, at Osmo.com that people can check out. You got a, great, a ton of great articles that people can check out there. In terms of, let's first talk about the, the champion slot. Who Who is, uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously you could take, you know, the top guys, you know, Harvick 1.5 times, uh, Hamlin 1.6 times, Kozlowski 1.65 times. I mean, what, what's your kind of take it as, in the champion's role of, of who we should go with? 
it, it's not to the degree that we were last week with Brendan gone and everybody that faded Brendan gone as your as your champion pick. You know, I, I hope you had a have hope you had a lovely evening. Um, Eric Jones, he starts so far. We're back. He's got such a high potential to to, to move forward. I mean, if he isn't if he isn't the champion, it's because he's ran into Eric Jones type luck or somebody else has has wrecked him out in the in the process starting 30th my model is projecting him to finish 10th so with that 2.25x champion multiplier i've got him sitting at 201.825 super draft points uh, the only guy that i can see via place differential that can get that close is tyler reddick and reddick's going to have to push for a like a fifth place finish in order to, to get to that point. Uh, something I brought up in that in that article is dominators should definitely be on your periphery this week because of the amount of, of laps led. But because of Eric Jones and how far back he starts, these, uh, these dominators truly need to dominate this race in order to reach that 200 point threshold. Originally, I gave Hamlin two, 200 laps led of a 367. And that got him within earshot. I've lowered that back down to 150 laps led, which only gives Hamlin 179 points as a as a champion. But I mean, if Hamlin, Kozlowski, Chase, Truex, Harvick, Blaney, any of these guys are going to approach what Jones is probably going to do, you're going to need to see 200, 220 plus laps led out of these guys. In terms of just the the flex position on, on Super Draft. Um, I mean, obviously we we can we can hit on the top guys, but who are some of the the value guys you see on Super Draft? If Newman does what he's capable of doing, which is about a fifteenth place finish, then Newman is going to end up around one hundred and twenty points as a flex play, mm-hmm. and that's definitely going to be one of the better values on the board. Um, looking here at the at the at the flex points, and of course these guys were not. We're not worried about lap sled points because they're not gonna, they're not gonna be in that range. Uh, one of the lower owned options that I think is gonna is gonna reach that reach that area of being a top flex play is Eric Almarola because I think that he's going to end up hanging on to the the, the top ten and that's gonna net him about ninety points as a flex play. Uh, kind of the same thing with Chris Busher. All Busher needs to do to approach approach the 90 points, which is where I'm kind of looking at for my flex plays on Sunday. Busher just needs to finish 19th. He just needs to move forward one position relative to where he starts, and he's going to end up in that range. Uh, the chalk plays are going to be are going to be Ryan Priest. They're going to be uh, going to be Ty Dillon. Uh, depending on how you feel about feel about Ricky, he's either a guy that you smash because he's got a 1.65 a multiplier as a flex play or a guy that you just you you, you fade because i mean that's probably the guy that's either going to make or break this this slate tomorrow and i mean i'm just i'm so low on ricky right right now that i can't i can't give you an unbiased opinion about him but you know in my in my mind's eye in my model it's saying it's saying fade ricky but that that multiplier ricky doesn't really need that much on on super draft in order to hit that 90 point threshold uh, it, a question we got from James he says, why is Jones so popular? I mean, obviously, I guess the easy answer to that question is just where he's starting at. Yeah, it's, you know, starting 30th, you look at his previous previous finishes here at Darlington. He's raced here since 2017, and his worst finish is eight. I mean, that, that, that is pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that that's uh, right when I saw the question came in, I pretty much knew what the answer was going to be on that situation. Uh, obviously, this race is uh, tomorrow, six fifteen uh, p.m. Eastern time. Well, we'll leave on this. I kind of what are what are you looking at over the next twenty four hours? So, I mean, obviously, we gotta we gotta pay attention, make sure that someone doesn't magically end up in the back of the field. That's obviously the one thing I'm always looking forward to. But what should people be looking out for? Hopefully, before the before the race, we'll get some some driver interviews and see how they're see how they're feeling going into this this race um if you guys don't already do some of you guys probably watch the the nbc uh pre pre-race show and see what jet what a uh, jeff burton and dale earnhardt and steve letard are, are saying 
change up your, your process this week and instead go over to NASCAR and pull up, I believe it'll be uh, MRN, that's, that's got the, the, the duties this week of broadcasting the race. They will be going pit by pit and interviewing these drivers, getting their opinions of how they how they feel. And it's not just what NBC is going to do where they're going to get the top tier drivers. They will practically talk to everybody. So you will hear how these guys feel about their feel about their cars, feel about their chances going in, into the night. And, you know, you, we, we might hear somebody who real, is really disappointed in their vehicle or you might hear somebody who's just a just a, a Harris centric about uh about what they're feeling like going into the race. Yeah, it's, a, it's something you got to pay attention to, but that is going to do it for this week's NASCAR DFS strategy show. Of course, we're here every Saturday to get you ready for NASCAR DFS course. Uh, be sure to follow Phil on Twitter. He is at race sheets. As I mentioned, we got a bunch of shows here today on awesome.com. Also, if you, uh, for whatever reason, you can't watch us live. This show is available on replay on YouTube, also available on our podcasting channels. All you got to do is go to awesome.com and you get the links to all those channels. So that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the NASCAR DFS strategy show right here on awesome.com. <laughs>